Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. An absolutely gorgeous Tuesday afternoon here in western Pennsylvania. Kath, wouldn't it be great, say like this evening, uh, you've been sitting on a pair of tickets. They've been sort of held to your refrigerator. Mm -hmm. You've been waiting for this day to come around. Mm -hmm. You're going to go down to the south side and you're going to check out some live music. Mm. Finally, live music. You're going to, you know, hang out with a hundred or 200 or 300 other people. all get together and enjoy a beautiful night out. Mm. Yeah, Wouldn't that be great? That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. It would be. That would be truly great. I yeah. can't imagine the day when that will be a reality. I don't know. Mark your calendar. So is it in this time next year or the year after? Who knows? I'm, um, anyway, if you wanted to go to the Rex Theater, which uh, mm. I've been to any number of times, you yourself as well, generations of Pittsburghers have been to the Rex Theater on the south side. Well, word today that the Rex has thrown in the COVID towel they have officially closed their doors um, permanently forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Rex Theater. Oh, that's like the end of an era, John. Well, it's in the end of um, one of the eras for the Rex. And the fact of the matter is the Rex has been on the south side since 1905. Wow. So that's a long time. And that's something. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was sort of like the Warner Theater or any other n- number of theaters. Well, was it nearly? Era. Well. Listen, that screen was fabulous. Okay. Well, okay. So let me just say though, the, the era I started going to the Rex, it was like, I mean, it was, a, it was a little skanky. It always was. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, when I think of the Warner theater, which I never went to because it wasn't around it, like, it seems like that was like an elegant place to go. It was. Yeah. It was, what was the Rex like, an elegant place to go? Well, I, I'm not saying it. Look, I wasn't alive, you know, when the time it was a vaudeville theater, but I would imagine it would be a pretty nice place to go. Okay. There, you know, certainly there were seats. There was no drinking of alcohol. Nobody was smoking pot. Um, you know, it was, well, then it's not the Rex. No. Well, that was the Rex <laughs> then, you know, um, but in its prime, the Rex was a vaudeville house. Okay. And uh, then, uh, you know, after vaudeville closed, it was a movie theater. It closed officially from its vaudeville days way back in, get this, 1959. Wow. And then it sat weirdly wow. empty. It used to be a barber school. There used to be a wholesale, which is weird, a wholesale popcorn manufacturer inside the theater so for many many years it wasn't even used as a theater then uh it was one of those indie uh movie houses Mm. you know kind of like um the playhouse the the playhouse or you know the place in lawrenceville or whatnot uh it then that closed it sat empty for a long time and then way back i think in like late 90s uh and early 2000s it became what it is today which is you know to me sort of like an independent Concert, sort yep. of like not a not a players by any stretch, but a solid you know C plus B on the concert circuit. Right, I think you could see, um, you could consistently see an interesting show at the Rex. Is that the, is quotes. that a good way to put it? Yeah, uh-huh. you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. people generally on the way up, or people you know making a living. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe somebody who does a kind of music that isn't mainstream anyway. So even if they are, you know. At the apex, they're still not going to draw enough right. to be at the console or the paint or whatever you call it. But still, 
many excellent shows at the Rex. Oh my gosh. Plus there was a lot of interaction between, because the room was so small and there were no seats, you know, there was a lot of movement. There was a lot of energy in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of pod in the room. Yeah, there was, but that's, you know, the concert uh, time that we live in. Okay. Who did you see there? Can you remember? Give me, a, give me an experience at the Rex okay. Theater on the South my Side. My very favorite, actually, I'm glad you asked because one of my favorite all time concerts happened at the Rex. Really? Can you believe that? I mean, that, yeah. Uh, my husband and I saw Snarky Puppy at the Rex maybe six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it, you know, I've seen so many live shows over the years. That is in my top three, in the top five. Of all time. Really? They were so excellent. There was, like I said, there was so much back and forth between stage and audience. I mean, the virtuosity of the people up there and the fun they were having. And the it was just a, an absolutely, like, unbelievably memorable, nice. memorable night at the Rex. Plus, it was intimate, too, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Really was. I mean, yeah, there really were, how many people were in there? What, 400 people? Maybe. maybe at the, yeah, at the most. I saw Richard Thompson there. Uh, way back in the early 2000s. Okay. And I'm a fan of Richard Thompson. Richard Thompson is uh, an Irish um, balladeer, I guess I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Very like a Danny guy. Boy type of guy? No, no. You know, I mean, an indie kind of guy, but, uh, you know, kind of like a, a little crunch to him, a little it. edge, okay. but very Irish in his presentation. Okay. Yeah, Richard and Thompson. you think that's your favorite show you saw there? Without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. Mike, were you ever at the Rex? You Never been were. there. Yeah. Okay. Ever. Sorry. Yeah, well, that's I it. mean, it had, a, it, had a, it had a kind of it had a kind of um, you know gross attraction to it. Yeah. Yeah. You felt like you know you were part of the the grunge crowd when you went there. Right? I don't know so if you it, felt like you were part of the grunge crowd, but I you did. you certainly felt grungy. Did it have like this uh, musty smell to it when you walked? Oh. in? Oh. Mm-hmm. Beer and cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. Yeah. More marijuana. Last yeah. time I was there. <laughs> but I'm sorry to see it go. I am too. It was when the pandemic, a, right. you know, when we open back up again, how many venues are going to be closed? All the mm-hmm. all the concert people. I feel bad for them. Oh my gosh, so do I. Uh, anyway, one, well, yeah. rest in peace, the Rex. Rest in peace, the Rex. Gosh. What do you say? We take a break. We're looking right. forward to our first guest. David French is with us today. He's got a brand new book that releases today. Um, he's going to talk about this, which I've been thinking about. It. I'm sure you have as well. Yes, America could split apart. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. That's next. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. And when you go through your times of fear, what it says here is this, the angel of the Lord, meaning Jesus Christ, will come and literally encamp around you. The word encamp means to fortify you, to build a hedge around you and protect you in the midst of the fearful experience. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, God, I Need Some Answers, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 730 on 101.5 WORD. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight, and suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. 
This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction. The hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell. I'm an author, a registered nurse, and a mom and wife to some of the pickiest eaters on the planet. People say that eating healthy is bland and boring, but I'm here to show you a better way with wholesome, simple recipes. Watch Dashing Dish on WPCB Cornerstone Television Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eat better, feel great with Dashing Dish. Find us on Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Comcast and Verizon. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Skillet in Concert, October 3rd. 7.30 p.m. at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA, with special guest Colton Dixon. Drive-in tickets available now at DruskyENT.com. Gates open at 5.30, rain or shine. Skillet, October 3rd at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA. Visit Drusky Entertainment for details at druskyent.com. If you've been around long enough, there have been times in your life where you've heard people say, I don't know, things are so bad in the United States, there could be a civil war. And I remember the first time I heard that, you know, I arch an eyebrow and you kind of scoff and you think, come on. I mean, you know, you're sort of exaggerating things. There's no way that that's going to happen. However, when you look at things today, just the other day, the Trump administration singled out Portland and Seattle and New York City as anarchist states. And you think, well, wait a second. I mean, there's a lot more than people's uh, bad feelings on Twitter or on Facebook or uh, on people stealing yard signs, whether they're Trump signs or Biden signs. Things are dark and ugly in America today. Our next guest, David French, is a regular guest on our show. He's the senior editor at The Dispatch. And today is the release of his brand new book called Divided We Fall, America's Succession Threat and How to Restore Our Nation. David, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on the new book, David. I'm eager to get my hands on it. Um, it's you know, getting a lot of conversation already because for the first time in your life, you, a reasonable person, you're always saying everybody needs to calm down. This isn't the election that's going to end the republic. For the first time, you're nervous. I am nervous. And, you know, uh, a lot of people said, wait a minute, aren't you, the, you know, just as you were saying, aren't you the person who's saying calm down? <laughs> why, why are you writing a book that's ca- sounding an alarm this grave? And the reason why I keep saying we need to chill out in our political discourse is because our continued escalation of our rhetoric is driving an enormous amount of division. 
In other words, you know, every time somebody says America will be over if Joe Biden wins, what does that do? Now, some people listen to that and they say, for example, um, ah, that's just politicians being politicians. They're just trying to, you know, get the vote out. A lot of people listen to it and think America will be over if Joe Biden wins. Or conversely, our democracy is in danger if Donald Trump wins. And some people, you know, sort of say that's just what politicians say. And others say, no, wait, our democracy will be over if Donald Trump wins. And it raises the temperature. And what ends up happening is that alarmism, that constant, everything's going to be terrible if the other side wins, creates its own crisis. It creates a crisis of mutual hate and loathing so that the real threat to America isn't that Joe Biden might implement um, a public option or raise taxes on the rich or that Donald Trump might continue to nominate and get confirmed conservative judges. The real threat to the United States is the hatred that both sides feel for each other. Yes. And so on Friday, of course, and you talk about this in your piece of the dispatch. Yes, America could split apart. Uh, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away on Friday, that hate and that vitriol took another sharp rise because the president has moved forward and said, I'm going to nominate and we're going to make sure that we have a new Supreme Court justice by Election Day. Yeah, and you're, you're actually previewing what I'm writing right now for my newsletter uh, that should come out mm-hmm. this evening. And that is that nothing, almost nothing in American life escalates our national tension these days quite like a judicial fight. Um, and it's it's nobody can seem to put the brakes on the rhetoric. And right. I go all the way back to 1987 and the famous Robert Bork, Robert Bork's America speech where Ted Kennedy, rather than opposing Bork, which was his right under the advice and consent of power of the Senate on the basis of Bork's policies, called him out as a, essentially a horrible human being and painted this dystopian Robert Bork's America, Robert Bork's America speech. And really, you know, that may not be the starting point, but it's sort of the modern starting point of every of total escalation all the time. I mean, we saw it, for example, with Brett Kavanaugh, where even the most unsubstantiated and incredible gang rape allegations were brought into the Senate. Um, we saw it just now when Republicans, several Republican senators who just a few years ago had said, You should absolutely not consider a nominee in an election year, Republican or Democrat. You should not do it. And then immediately flipped when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, not just during an election year, but when people, some people are actually voting in the election through early voting. And then now you're seeing it again. Just today we saw Amy Coney Barrett as one of the likely Supreme Court nominees. And all over uh, Twitter and all over the Internet were allegations that a Catholic group that she was a part of called People of Praise, a false allegation that a Catholic group that she was a part of called People of Praise was one of the inspirations for the Margaret Atwood book, The Handmaid's Tale. Good gravy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow, I didn't see that today. Boy, that's breaking news. That's Newsweek, wasn't it? Yeah, as they say, huge if true. And what what makes it bad is it was originally based on a Newsweek article that had a correction appended at the end to it, and that essentially said, well, there's actually no evidence that Margaret Atwood was referring to or inspired by people of praise when she wrote her book. Yes. Well, that should mean that the article is retracted. Right. Instead, it becomes groups like people of praise inspired The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, my goodness. Wait, 
No, no. And so the problem that we have is every single choice to escalate or not to escalate, the choice is made to escalate. Right. Right. So, David, in the last few days, there's been a lot of conversation from people about the friendship between Antonin Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg as the model for what we should be left and right. And it feels that, you know, that friendship now long gone is an antique of something we'll not experience in the near future. Yeah, you know, one of the things, you know, it's easy to say, well, America's always been polarized and we, we um, exaggerate the tensions of every moment. But I'll say this, two, two things in response. One, we've got actually a lot of social science now that says, no, Americans actually dislike each other a lot more. And then we also have the anecdotal experience of people who've been around Washington for a long time, and they remember how it was, and they know how it is, and they say something has changed. And that's why you know I wrote that the Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Justice Scalia friendship feels like something from another time because it, sadly, it is not. I'm not saying there are no cross the aisle friendships. It is more difficult to have these cross the aisle friendships. In fact, sometimes people even sneer at it as if, "How dare you like those right. awful people?" Right. How all of a sudden, all to- of a sudden, you're implicated by the person that you're, you know, retweeting somehow, or the person that you just like, you know, shook hands with. Or yeah, exactly. Rather than saying, you know, look, I, I think there are good folks on the other side of the aisle, and there are really, really, really complicated issues and problems we have in this country. And I don't have a monopoly on the truth. <laughs> I don't have it all figured out. And so I need, it's not just, I should uh, speak to people who are smart and good with smart folks on the other side. I need to speak to smart folks on the other side, to test my ideas, to test their ideas. Right. Um, this kind of discourse isn't just for kumbaya. This is kind, kind of discourse is what helps us figure out problems in our country. David French is with us. He's the senior editor at The Dispatch. His brand new work is out today. The new book called Divided We Fall, America's Succession Threat and How to Restore a Nation releases today. So, David, um, I'm watching Netflix over the weekend. There's a new uh, a new film out called The Social Dilemma, which essentially mm-hmm. points the finger at big tech and says, look, one of the big reasons we're so divided in this country is because big tech has found a way to make the echo chamber just amplify itself nonstop. And we're all now tech addicts. And that's caused this huge mountain of distrust. There's a lot to be said about that, isn't there? Yeah, I would say there is something to be said about it, but we don't want to go too far with it. The way I put it is the social media algorithms and the way it creates uh, our ability to create these very vitriolic online communities is a problem. It is certainly a problem, but it is not the principal problem. And, you know, we can look back at history and I'm a little rusty on when Twitter was founded, but I don't think it was very popular in 1861, uh, right, <laughs> right when the Civil War kicked off or, you know, yes. in 1939 as the war drums were beating in Europe or 1968 in the United States, when we sometimes had two and three domestic bombings a day, in addition to riots in the streets. And so um, human beings have a tendency to to tribalize and fight each other. We have that tendency. And I do think that social media, in many ways, can make it's it's it, it makes the problem worse, 
but it doesn't create the problem. Um, the problem is existing in, in part because, um, look, we, we have a country that's getting more diverse every year, not just racially diverse, but um, ideologically diverse and re religiously diverse. And at the same time, we have a government that's growing more centralized in its power and authority every year. So while we can't say that every single election is the most important election of our lifetimes, I mean, that's kind of a silly saying here all the time. Um, we only really often know the truly important elections in hindsight. But what you can say is that virtually every four years, the votes are for an increasingly powerful central government that is governing an increasingly divided country. And it's no wonder that that combination is making people more upset and more anxious and more furious and angry. David French is with us, senior editor at The Dispatch. His brand new book that releases today, Divided We Fall, America's Secession Threat and How to Restore Our Nation. Um, David, let's talk about Bill Bishop's big sort, um, because I think geography yeah. in America, especially in a country this large, plays a big part in what's happening. Yeah, so this is a concept that dates back to a 2009 book. So, again, this is pre-social media. Hard to believe that social media is so new that 09 mm. is like its infancy. Yeah. Uh, so this is way before social media was a dominant factor of American life. But in 09, Bill Bishop wrote a book, and he said Americans are clustering in like-minded communities, and it's increasing our national divisions. And that's only become more true in the 11 years since he wrote the book. So what's happening is more Americans in 2016 lived in what were called landslide counties, which these are counties that one side or the other wins by 20 percent or more in presidential elections than any years in the modern era. And so we were less likely to live around people of uh, who disagree with us. And then the, that has an effect, and the effect is when like-minded people get together, um, we tend to get more extremist. Uh, and and there's a there's a and this is called the law of group polarization. And this comes from a 1999 academic paper by Cass Sunstein, and this makes all the sense in the world. I mean, think about it. When you gather with your friends who all agree with each other on something, you don't leave the gathering doubting. <laughs> <laughs> you leave the right. gathering more affirmed in your view. I put it like this. How many people go to a really, really good Bible study and leave it loving Jesus less? Um, it, it encourages you. It, it reaffirms your, your viewpoint. And so what's happening is we're clustering into these like-minded communities, some of them extremely like-minded, like the whole island of Manhattan voted almost 90% for Democrats. Um, the white evangelical church voted about 81% for Trump. And so you get these like-minded communities, and they tend to grow more entrenched in their views, and that furthers our separation. And so, David, as you write in your piece, you say that there is a vast difference between a friend who disagrees and an enemy who seeks to dominate. One vision sustains democracy, the other could dest destroy our republic. Yes. Yes, this, this is a key point. Um, we were built from the ground up to tolerate division and disagreement. Um, 
that's what the First Amendment is intended to do. That's what our Federalist structure is intended to do. That's what the separation of powers is intended to uh, preserve and accommodate. So we're built from the ground up and have a lot of institutions and structures that were designed to prevent one side or the other from gaining the upper hand decisively and definitively and sort of grinding its enemies into dust. (laughs) Um, But what we see now is a desire to gain the upper hand and grind enemies into dust. And where you often see it, uh, you see the effort sometimes in government, but where we often see it now is in the private sector. So, you know, you will see corporations becoming extremely intolerant to um, political points of view that have nothing to do with the underlying mission or Mm -hmm. purpose of the corporate entity. This sort of woke capitalism that we've seen, we've seen the online cancel culture and shame campaigns that are unleashed on people to try to intimidate them into silence and intimidate them into not saying what they believe. And so what we've seen is sort of the instruments of private enterprise and private activity unleashed in a way that the government can't Mm -hmm. to intimidate and frighten people into subjugation. And it's created a real palpable fear in this country that, you know, you're one Facebook post away from being banished from polite society or one misguided tweet. And it creates a palpable fear that's really inconsistent with American pluralism and and the tolerance of opposing viewpoints and engagement in in real debate. Yeah. And this is what, you know, concerns all of us, right? Those of us who value the ideas of free speech, those of us who want to hear from other sides, because we're not convinced that we're 100 percent right all the time. Right. We shouldn't be convinced we're 100 percent right all the time. (laughs) So, you know, John Stuart Mill had this formulation regarding free speech where he said, you know, look, uh, free sp- even speech that di- I disagree with benefits me. If mm-hmm. I hear it and I'm convinced that my position was wrong, the benefit is obvious. I've, I've moved from error into truth. But even if I hear opposing speech and I'm not convinced I'm wrong, in fact, I'm convinced I'm right, there's value there because it helps you sharpen your arguments uh, and it also helps educate you as to your opposing, you know, your uh, opponent's point of view. And so in both, you you know, even speech that can really make you mad uh, or speech that you think is is someone expressing a terrible point of view. Um, and, you know, we preserve speech because that give and take of ideas uh, is, as Frederick Douglass called it um, in pre in in pre-Civil War times, decrying the lack of free speech against slavery, said that free free speech is the great moral renovator of our society. Mm. Free speech, he said, was the dread of tyrants. And so you preserve it even when some of the speech you disagree with is deeply distasteful for those reasons. Yes. So would it were that we in American Mm -hmm. society could have civil conversations without tearing each other up and hoping to build each other up. David French, congratulations on your new release. We look forward to more conversations around this subject. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Our great pleasure. From the dispatch, David French, as we said, his brand new book is called Divided We Fall, America's Succession Threat and How to Restore Our Nation. (laughs) 
if you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call one 800 990 6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and you're building this bike, and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage. And we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Attention SSI and other federal benefit recipients. If you did not file a tax return last year and have children under 17, you must act now to get the $500 economic impact payment per child this year. You must provide the IRS your child's information by September 30th. Go to irs.gov and use the non-filer tool by September 30th. That's irs.gov. This message produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. SSI recipients, if you have children under 17, you must act by September 30th to get the $500 economic impact payment per child this year. Enter your child's information in the non-filer tool at irs.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers, and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll have clear skies for tonight with a low of 49. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow and pleasant. Tomorrow's high, 76. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 54. Thursday, clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll see a high Thursday of 76. Friday will be nice with clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Friday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, I I think most of us would agree that oftentimes the world feels as though it's a scary and unpredictable place. Yep. And it makes your brain crazy. Now, look, when we see people see red, you see a red sign. Somehow, you know, we're hardwired into that from our early baby lives to see red as, you know, stop, there's danger. Well, scientists report this in a 2017 paper. 
that people, sometimes people sense danger when there is no pattern to recognize, right? They see a stop sign. That's not a pattern. That's just one thing. So their brains, people's brains create their own patterns of danger. Now, this phenomenon is called something um, illusionary pattern perception. And it is what drives people who believe in conspiracy theories, um, Pizzagate believers, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. By it's, filling in the blank. Right. So you, you, you see different facts that are not related, right. but you, you feel the need to establish some sort of pattern because not having a pattern is giving you anxiety. And so you're filling in the blanks. Exactly. Well yeah. said. The study uh, suggests that 50% of ordinary non-pathological Americans believe in at least one conspiracy theory. Wow. 50, oh. 50% of the 50% population. 50% of Americans believe in some conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Mm. The researchers came to this conclusion after conducting five studies of 264 Americans who focused on the relationship between irrational beliefs and illusionary pattern perception. So, mm. do you believe in a conspiracy theory? I think I do. Uh-oh. Mm. Are you me. both ready? Yeah, what do you got? I really think the Loch Ness Monster is a thing. Oh, man. What? Yep. You I really believe was, that? Listen, I don't know if I'm not going to say what? I believe it. It's not the status. It's not to the level of belief. I thought it was going to be like, you know, the no. dark state or something. No, no, no. For, about some guy the deep some state, boots. forget it. That's ridiculous. No, no, no. I want to go for the serious stuff. I want to go for Nessie because of this, because that lock, they are very deep. John, and we do not know exactly what no, is in there. No, this is that same conversation from yesterday. It's it's too late. Don't you know that? I'm sure now there have to be cameras all over that. I lock. don't know. You don't know yeah, that. It's yeah, a big world. There is, and so that thing's covered twenty four seven. This no. isn't like the old day where the, it's a it's a fine day. I thought I saw no. myself a, a giant a monster. Listen, no. Listen, don't you in your in your elite 2020 perspective, not, don't you look down on people from the 1970s who looked down and saw things? I think people are just trying to make a quick buck or people wanted to be scared. That's all. I think they live in a place that is foggy and murky, a land of mystery. And so when they saw the head pop See? up and the tail pop up seconds later, they were like, wait, there's the patterns. The there's okay, the patterns. So all of those things, I mean, actually, what I said is probably what happened, right? Is it's, it's a mysterious place. Yeah. It's cold. It's foggy. Locks, locks are shockingly deep, shockingly mm-hmm. deep. So there's so much of the, of the geography that is beyond our comprehension that when you see something, your mind does fill in the spaces. I mean, I get it. I see how it happens. Seriously. I think, I think- I'm rolling my eyes. I am ro- if we were on video, you would see my eyes twirling around in my head well, like pinwheels. Well, you know, too bad because you're stuck with me. What about you? Do you believe in a conspiracy theory? I got to be honest. I've, I've thought about this. I, I'm not like some Kennedy guy. Oh, because you're so I'm rational. Not, no, I'm just, I just think a lot of it's, I'm, pardon my French, it's a lot of it's just BS. It's yeah. just, it's just made up. Mike, Mike, do you have a conspiracy theory? Elvis, Elvis is still alive. Oh, oh, get out of here. He's on get an out. island with Bigfoot. Get out of here. And and both of them are part of the Illuminati. You guys, I'm sorry. (laughs) You wackadoodles. No, I am the only one who's closest to thinking. Now, there is some. Bigfoot. 
uh, I was going to say scientific evidence, but that There's would nothing. really be a stretch. There's really that awesome. murky photograph we've all seen. And that's that all is, blurry. Isn't that persuasive? No, not in the least. Mm. Makes me feel bad to even bring that up. Okay. All right. Let's take a break. Come back. We're going to talk with Amy Simpson. Lives marked by peace, love, trust, and joy. How do you pursue these things in these crazy times? Mm. Stick around for that conversation. WORD. You can discipline your child in a God-centered, grace-based way. On the next Focus on the Family, you'll learn how to convey love to your child in the midst of their misbehavior, how to become a calmer parent, and how to see the positive attributes of bad behavior. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money back guarantee mypillow.com. Save 30%, use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard my pillows for free. That's mypillow.com promo code WORD or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about my pillow 800-391-0954. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Customers, students, and staff expect a new level of clean. Cintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols effectively. Cintas performs surface sanitizer and disinfectant spray services to common touch points, installs and refills touchless hand sanitizer dispensers, and provides commercial laundry services to help minimize employee exposure. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary online each Wednesday in October at 7.30 p.m. for the combined McClure Lectures and World Mission Initiatives Month of Mission series titled Jesus Christ and the Dividing Wall, Race and God's Mission. You'll hear keynotes from the Reverend Dr. Brenda Salter-McNeil, the Reverend Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove, and Dr. David Kant. The event is free to all who register. Learn more at pts.edu. Okay, in, in these brutal times that we live in, how do you pursue peace? How are we to be peaceful people in the midst of turmoil? What about love and trust and joy? 
Amy Simpson's back with us. She's an acquisitions editor from Moody Publishing. She's been a regular guest on our show. Uh, she is an author of uh, Blessed Are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World. Also, one a book that I think we, probably, we first met, Amy, Troubled Minds, Mental Illness and the Church's Mission, and Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. Amy, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Good to be here with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. happy to have you back, Amy, after a long sojourn. Now, listen, if we're going to yeah. have lives, Amy, that are marked by peace, love, trust, and joy, we're going to have to live on an island with no uh, media of any kind and to be blissfully <laughs> ignorant of everything else that's happening in the world. That's just my opening salvo. I don't know. How do Even we do that's that? hard. That would be hard. I think it might help, although, um, you know, certainly no matter what our circumstances, we will struggle with those things, right? Because part of the, the, the root of the issue is always within us. Right. Um, so we unfortunately carry it with us. But there are other ways to pursue lives marked by peace, love, trust, and joy. And, you know, really, because we are forced to live in the real world, it really comes out to what we're living for you know, and who we're living for and ultimately what, what makes, uh, you know, what's the object of our worship. And, um, that's, yeah, that's where, where, what it really comes down to. We are called to live lives marked by peace, love, trust, and joy, but you know, we don't have the ability to produce those things within ourselves. So we have to rely on. So I mean, I I don't know about you. Uh, sorry, Amy, I don't know about you, right? But are you home? Uh, have you been home during the pandemic? Or are you working in the office? I have been home the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I'm still working full time at home. Mm-hmm. And so are Kath yeah. and I. And so, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, in the old days, it was easy to sort of be in transit with our idolatry. Now, yeah. my idolatry is with me 24 7. Can't get and away I'm, from I'm it. I'm sick of it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of the, this, there's so much that's bad and, and difficult and awful about the circumstances we're in right now as a nation and, and as humans, right, on this planet. But one of the good things about it, I think, is that God is using, he uses times like this to expose the idolatry in our lives and to show us, to reveal to us what these things really are, that, yes, we, we can so easily miss the true nature of what we're building our lives around because we're moving so quickly and, you know, because it's, they, they seem to be working for us. And yet when they stop working for us or when we slow down, often God in his mercy will expose those things for what they are. So you've made a good point, and we talked to David French earlier in the hour, and he made the same point, that the problem isn't social media. Social media is where it shows up, but the problem is in us, um, is in people because the stuff, the poisonous stuff that comes out on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever comes from the poison that's in a heart first. Um, My question, though, is how do we make decisions about our lives that will result in having peace, love, trust, and joy? Because then maybe social media does enter in. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, even though the problem is not, say, on social media or the problem isn't on, you know, cable news, Um, We still have to make wise decisions about how much we expose ourselves to and how much we uh, place ourselves in a position to have awful things coming out of us, (laughs) you know, or happening within us. So 
um, I think it, it is wise to recognize where um, some of these, some of the, the forums that are out there where um, people are in, engaged in, you know, non-conversation or um, saying hateful things or whatever, and make choices around how much of that we expose ourselves to. Nice. Um, we, I think we ought to probably all ought to be spending at least as much time in the scriptures right now as we are on say social media or watching the news or whatever. Um, so I think that's one thing we can all use more time uh, and divert more of our time to time with, with God and time learning from his word and learning from the wisdom that's been offered to us and what, what God has given us rather than the, the, you know, quote wisdom that we find out there um, whether it's on social media or it's on the news or it's just in, you know, the, the day-to-day conversations that we might have sort of thoughtlessly with people around us. That's good. We're talking with Amy Simpson. She's the author of Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. Amy, uh, of course, um, you know, since the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there's been a lot of talk about a, a new um, a new justice. And one of those is a, a woman of deep faith, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. So, you know, on social media, trending about, you know, her faith and, you know, the kingdom of God and the mystery of faith. And I, and I don't know about you, but I'm always, I always love it when people who don't have faith try to poke their finger at people who do have faith. Because, you know, when you talk about the mystery of faith or when you talk about the Holy Spirit, it's, it is a mystery and it's so complex. And who has the answers, you know, only to go back to the pages of the scripture. So now is a good time, I think, for us, maybe in our what in our in our laziness or our our, our sort of wandering during pandemic to, to look at these issues maybe from the outside in as those who don't have faith and reinvigorate ourselves and rededicate ourselves to this conversation i mean to, just to even think and talk about the holy spirit it's not something that we do even as believers yeah exactly this is yeah yes the true power to live the way we might say we want to live really doesn't come from us and it doesn't come from, you know, the, the, a big choice that we make to suddenly change our lives. And then it, you know, it, we end up on a whole new path. We certainly, we make those choices every day, but we do so in inviting the work of the Holy spirit in us and, and the Holy spirit, you know, prompting us and equipping us to take advantage of the opportunities we have to speak truth into these conversations um, and yet I think, yeah, we need, I think we all need to grow more comfortable with being countercultural, with being mm. weird to the people around us. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that that's going to increasingly be true of us, of people who live by faith, um, of people who embrace a biblical ethic and morality. Um, and so, yeah, I think we need to become comfortable, more comfortable with that. And the funny thing is uh, Jesus gave us every expectation that we should need to live that way, <laughs> you know, that, that the world would not understand us and would, that the wisdom of the world would not, uh, would, would see our, would see God's wisdom as foolishness. And we certainly experience that. doesn't mean that we have to totally withdraw from the world or that we, um, you know, we just try to make ourselves weird for the sake of being weird, <laughs> right. but, um, <laughs> but, you know, but becoming comfortable with that idea that we really are not living for right. the, the sake of being popular for, you know, with the world around us and that we are not living for the sake of any kingdom that is building itself here on earth, but that our lives really are, um, 
100 percent we belong to another kingdom and we belong to a redeemer who has purchased our very lives with his blood um you know yeah. what does that mean for us to live according to that. that yeah i got excited when you were saying that i was just reading uh first corinthians one a couple days ago and i laughed out loud because it's so good hey brothers and sisters think of what you were when you were called not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. You know, like you need to reacclimate yourself to what you are and that God chose the foolish things of the world to, cha- to shame the wise and the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So he never called us to be rah, rah, rah on the worldly winning team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's yes. Good. Amy, uh, just a minute or so left. So, you know, um, not to put you on the spot, but you've been like Kath and I and Mike uh, home since March or so. H- have you had like some epiphany? Has there been some, oh, this is the the reason why there is this for me? Some learning moment? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. You know, I haven't had any big thing where I can explain what God is, what God is up to here, you know, yes, yes. but yet um, I would say, yes, for me, this has been a season of, uh, deepened devotion um, okay. in my relationship with Christ and um, deepened relationship with my husband because my my husband has been home was home for much of that time too. He works in a school, so now he's back at he's actually back at work this fall, but uh, was home you know for six months there, and mm. uh, we just had the opportunity to to go through this together and to work through some stuff and. Uh, deepen our devotion to Christ as a couple. Um, and so it's actually been in, in many ways, it's been, it's been, this is difficult, but it's been a rich time for us to of growth in relationship with Christ and with one another. So I'll, I'll take that. Sure, of course. Yeah, you should take that. That's wonderful. Amy Simpson has been with us. Amy's acquisitions editor for Moody Publishing. She's an author, a speaker, and a leadership coach, author of several books, including Blessed Are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Um, Today of all days, uh, it's National Ice Cream Cone Day. I think that's reason to celebrate. We'll talk about that next. Fifth Season Financial is a licensed lender, not available in all states. Visit fifthseasonfinancial.com for details. Linda was suffering from stage 4 lung cancer. I was dealing with the treatment, but we were running out of options. The mounting financial pressure made things far worse. I couldn't work anymore, and we were afraid we might lose the house we've owned for over 20 years. Linda owned a life insurance policy and contacted Fifth Season Financial about its Funds for Living program. Linda went through the no-cost application process and was quickly offered an advance from Fifth Season Financial. Linda and hundreds of other people suffering from an advanced stage illness who own a life insurance policy have received financial help from Fifth Season Financial's Funds for Living program. Text LOVE to 411411. Fifth Season helped us with more than money. They gave me my life back. Fifth Season Financial cares, and we're there for you and the ones you love. If you need financial help, have an advanced stage illness and a life insurance policy, text LOVE to 411411 for information on how to get funded quickly. Text LOVE to 411411. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. 
pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Drusky Entertainment proudly presents Skillet in Concert, October 3rd. 7.30 p.m. at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA, with special guest Colton Dixon. Drive-in tickets available now at druskyent.com. Gates open at 5.30, rain or shine. Skillet, October 3rd at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA. Visit Drusky Entertainment for details at druskyent.com. Kath, when you go, like say you, someone says, let's go get an ice cream cone. And maybe you go to, you know, Baskin and Robbins or, you know, wherever you're going to get your local ice cream. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you tend to stay with your tried and true favorite? Or will you go, you know, sort of like browsing and try different taste bud delights? Well, John, thank you for asking. I appreciate this uh, celebration of National Ice Cream Day. I will never ask Ice Cream Cone Day. Let me say this. I'm not the best person to ask because I don't eat a lot of ice cream. Ice cream makes me sick. What? Yeah. I don't. Ice cream is not. Yeah. um, But I, I love frozen yogurt. So if I was going for an ice cream cone, I would most likely go for frozen yogurt. Now, where yeah, would you? But here's the question: I always end up doing something either related to mint chocolate chip in that world, mm-hmm. or something related to like butterscotch crunch caramel. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I never, I really never ever do anything but those two. Really, you just so you tend to stay with the tried and true. I, I, go I am go. not. L- listen, if I'm going to spend that many calories, I'm not going to do it on right, something right. I'm not certain about. In case you might be disappointed, sure, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is National Ice Cream Cone Day, mm-hmm. and uh, myself right now, I like to have um, what I would, you know, the White House. Do you like? I like White House. That was my mother's favorite ice cream. Uh, that's my favorite ice cream, mm-hmm. and I also like peach ice cream. Delicious. Yes. Um, how about butter pecan? Butter pecan, underrated favorite. Oh, that's how a about buttered almond? Oh, that's even uh, yeah, very much. Delicious. How about did you ever have yourself an Isley's skyscraper ice cream? No. Oh, what's that? that? Oh, it was, it was a patented, they had like a scoop, a gigantic scoop that made it look like, you know, it went way high up oh. in the air, kind of like an, an ode to the skyscraper. I like that very much. Isley's, yeah. Or the Baskin and Robbins 31 flavors. Remember that? That was like a miracle of miracles. Of course. That's where gold medal ribbon was. 31 flavors. Gold medal ribbon is chocolate and caramel going through mm-hmm. the vanilla ice cream. Best ice cream I ever had was something called Charlie Brown, which was peanut butter and chocolate ice cream together. Oh, oh. my God. 
Fabulous. <laughs> Happy National Ice Cream Cone Day. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh. To hear us there, we're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in, and on Radio.com, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The White House says President Trump will proceed with appointing a new Supreme Court justice to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg despite pushback from Democrats. Meanwhile, one uh, key Senate Republican who was holding out is now backing the president's plan to quickly name a successor for the late Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That is Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Sales of existing homes rose 2.4 percent in August up to the highest level since 2006 as the housing market continues to recover from what was a huge spring decline all brought on by the coronavirus outbreak. The tight supply also pushed the median price of an existing home sold in August to a record high of 310600 On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed up by 140 points. The Nasdaq was up by 184. The S&P 500 up 34. This is SRN News. Tonight, the U.N. is warning that the pandemic is putting the world at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions. Even as we here in the U.S. continue to struggle with the coronavirus, in poor countries like Haiti and Guatemala, COVID-19 is also creating a food crisis, which is leading to starvation. Angel Loma is with Food for the Poor. Almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now. But the church is rising to meet this need. The thought of any child going without food just breaks my heart. You know, God has blessed us all beyond what we can imagine. we got to do what we can to help especially kids that don't have anything to eat. Join 101.5 Word FM and Food for the Poor in Rescuing Children. Just $37 provides six months of life-saving food for one child. How many children can you save? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword hope. Dial pound 250 from your cell and say hope. Or click the red emergency food banner at wordfm.com. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergies causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit jdwaterproofing.com. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell. I'm an author, a registered nurse, and a mom and wife to some of the pickiest eaters on the planet. People say that eating healthy is bland and boring, but I'm here to show you a better way with wholesome, simple recipes. Watch Dashing Dish on WPCB Cornerstone Television Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eat better, feel great with Dashing Dish. Find us on Pittsburgh Channel 40 or Channel 5 on Comcast and Verizon. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary online each Wednesday in October at 7.30 p.m. for the combined McClure Lectures and World Mission Initiatives Month of Mission series titled Jesus Christ and the Dividing Wall, Race and God's Mission. You'll hear keynotes from the Reverend Dr. Brenda Salter-McNeil, the Reverend Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove, and Dr. David Kant. The event is free to all who register. Learn more at pts.edu. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Lemu, I love how we're always looking out for each other. Kind of like how Liberty Mutual looks out for you by customizing your home insurance. So you only pay for what you need. 
Lemu! Why didn't you tell me about the uncovered manhole? I was literally just telling you. Lemu. I had no idea you could swim. Liberty, 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 liberty. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. We'll have clear skies for tonight with a low of 49. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow and pleasant. Tomorrow's high, 76. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 54. Thursday, clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll see a high Thursday of 76. Friday will be nice with clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Friday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Aren't you surprised, like when you're out in public, you're walking in a neighborhood, everybody has cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, every everybody. I mean, homeowners have cameras. The municipality has cameras. The city, the nation. So, you know, we're as close to George Orwell, and you know, as we're ever going to be. The weird thing is, it wasn't necessarily Big Brother was, you know, out there. It was me buying a camera for my house. I'm inviting Big Brother in. Right. Okay, so today I see this, that um, Mayor Peduto, they call him Bike Lane Bill around here. Uh, Mayor Peduto, he plans to sign legislation by, uh, that was passed by city council that restricts the use of facial recognition software and predictive policing technology. How about that? Really? Now, the mayor why, will sign the what, bill. What, what is his reasoning behind that? Uh, the legislation was passed by city council with no opposition. Uh, they voted. Uh, this is an irrelevant. I'm sorry. I'm just reading from the uh, the uh, the trib here. Sponsored by Councilman Corey O'Connor, revised with help from Councilwoman Erica Strasberger, the city's law department, and Peduto's chief of staff. The bill requires council approval before police purchase any new facial recognition software or predictive police programs. It does not stop Pittsburgh police from using the Pennsylvania Justice Network, known as JNET, or any other programs. Public safety officials have previously said the department doesn't own or use its own software. Uh, I'm not quite sure what the deal is. I think it m- might have to do with what's happening, you know, the, the, the demonstrations that have gone here, the bill was introduced August 25th. Council has heard from several community members, including many affiliated with computer science programs at CMU. Uh, they support the legislation saying the inherent biases against minorities are part of using facial recognition software and predictive policing programs. Peduto supports the bill. He said that facial recognition software should be used to investigate felony cases, not to police people on the street. Do you have a problem with that? Well, I just see technology marching forward and I can't imagine that there's that that it might be just kind of holding back a waterfall at this point. Like you might be able to do it for a short time, but not for long. I mean, I don't know. I I, I did not. I guess I don't understand the point that facial recognition software would unfairly target minorities. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, I don't know if facial recognition software is you know, how it can do that. Yeah, I agree I, yeah. That. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I'm, if it has to do with um, 
with colorization, like that the type of color that a camera can see. I don't know. So details are different on darker skin. I mean, I, I'm just guessing. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. But obviously, I would support anything, any any crazy thing that would just make it so that we could be more fair in our judicial system. So well, look, if this I mean, is something that would make it more fair, I'm all behind it. I just don't understand the technology and the reasoning behind the decision. But, you know, here's the, as much as you sort of, you kind of look at those cameras and go, oh my gosh, cameras are everywhere. When something does happen, I mean, the police are able to make a call, whether it's their own cameras right. or corporations' cameras or individual homeowners' cameras, yeah. they catch the bad guy a lot quicker because of that. Right. And, and then, of course, you end up at the other end of the spectrum where you've got a, com- a country like China, which monitors people all the dang time. Right. And your your freedom of choice, of association, of speech, everything is completely curtailed. It doesn't exist. Exactly. So, But right. then there's a place like England or the UK in general. They're much, much – I mean, it's a much smaller space, obviously. But they're much, much bigger on cameras in Britain than they really? are here. I mean, I watch shows from Britain, and I think, really? There are that many? Any cameras in your country? Yeah, yeah there are well, a lot of cameras there. I just think that's how it is. It's just the modern world that we live how about, in. How about you know the speed cameras that they have in the UK? Oh, sure. oh that would make me mad. Mm-hmm. That would make me mad. So, you know, at least here in America, for the most part, if you're going to get a speeding ticket, it's because there was an officer that saw you speeding. Right. Well, that is not the case no, in a lot of the no, reasons. No. Certainly not the case in the UK. No. So you can get, you know, a speeding ticket just from a camera who saw you. Look, that hacks me off. Yeah, you Look, if you want to give me a ticket, then you show up and see what I'm doing wrong. I'm mm-hmm. not going to like, I don't think we're going to have technology mediating between me and you and you know, telling all the bad tales nope, of me to the late. government. That hacks me off. Oh, horses like out it. of the barn on that one. I don't right. like it. It's just big brother again. Anyway, uh, listen, so uh, along with facial recognition, I saw this piece um, that they're saying that maybe, again, this is the weird science, maybe people who wear glasses are less prone to get COVID. What? <laughs> oh, no, because it, now it, we're not just breathing it in, it comes into our eyes. Right. Well, we knew so, that, right, kind of, because they said that the the more that you touch your face, the more you increase your chances. Yes. So now, you know, you've got your mask and your glasses. And what about the CDC taking down the warnings about particles in the air? Did you see that? No. That was yesterday. Yeah. They scrubbed the website of, you know, airborne particles may contribute to COVID. Well, we've been told that from the get-go. We've been told that from the get-go. All of a sudden, that disappeared yesterday. What? Now, airborne particles don't cause COVID? I don't know. I well, guess know. what they also said today know. is that we shouldn't do Halloween. Oh, right. We're going to talk about that later in this hour. I mean, really, mm. like, look, I, I fully support what the CDC is doing. But, you know, when I read their reasoning on Halloween, I thought, no, thank you. Is that the, gov- is that the governor or is that CDC? CDC. Because you think, you know, Governor Wolf would be like, Listen, no, don't even Halloween. get me started on Governor Wolf right now, who says that he would really like people to gather for football games, but he doesn't trust people in the local communities to decide how many people are going to show up in the state. Okay. Thank you, Governor. Thank Let you. us take a break. Dr. Michael Brown is with us in a few minutes. We're going to talk that about- That hacks me off, too. Let me just say that. Flipping the courts and turning the hearts. You got me down this bad path, John. Sorry. That's, it's National Ice Cream Negative Cone influence. Day. Have an ice cream cone. WORD. Don't you love watching the night turn into the dawning of a new day? 
you can't help but feel that the hope of something new is beginning. So join us on Through the Bible for our last few studies in the book of Zephaniah. Together, we'll witness the end of Israel's dark night of judgment and hear about the light of a new day. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Worried about deductibles and copays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial, they've got you covered. This is Kathy Emmons. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything. Copays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three-to-one benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496, and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. These are tough times for everyone, so dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have over 200 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare contract or You'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. That's 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. You run a business and you need better wireless. Three words, no more compromise. With the T-Mobile Business Advantage, you get the largest 5G network, award-winning customer support, and insanely great value. No trade-offs. Right now, get up to 90 days of unlimited free on business plans when you switch via bill credits. Stop in to find out more. Plus taxes and fees for some plans. Complete port within 60 days. Customers over 50 gigabytes per month have lower speeds during congestion. Video at 480p unlimited on our network. Ctmobile.com for 5G devices coverage and plan details. This has been somewhat of a theme throughout today's show about where we are as a society and how do we find some sort of love or some sort, sort of, of way forward, right? Right, because it's a mess out there. And of course, with uh, the death on Friday of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, people are more inflamed than ever thinking that, you know, this Supreme Court uh, fight is like the be all and end all of the very humanity of what it is to be alive in the 21st century. Well, Dr. Michael Brown is with us. Dr. Brown is the host of the daily nationally syndicated talk radio show called The Line of Fire. Dr. Brown is the author of more than 40 books and 1,500 op-ed pieces, the founder and president of Fire School of Ministry, and uh, he's with us today to talk about flipping the courts and turning the hearts. Michael, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Oh, doing great, and always good to be with you folks. Yeah. Thank you. Michael, I got to be honest. I don't know if I've talked about this on the air yet, but... 
I, I just can't believe Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. I just, I cannot believe um, that. I mean, I know she was, you know, 87 years old. I know she was ill. I mean, I get it. It's just that it's, it's so shocking that so many things of such significance have happened in America in such a short time. Yeah. I mean, when you think back to the beginning of the year and the impeachment of Donald Trump, what was going to be bigger news than that? Right. Who, who even remembers that? No. no. That, that gets eclipsed by the, the, the virus and then the virus by the economic shutdown. And then the economic shutdown gets eclipsed by the killing of George Floyd and, and then the, the race protests and then the race riots. In the midst of that, you have the, the ongoing Jeffrey Epstein thing with his girlfriend and the pedophile issues. Oh, and then you think, OK, that's it. So we're heading into the elections. That's going to be volatile. And then her death. And I was out. I was I was actually in Nashville getting ready for a TV shoot, talking to folks in a back room. And someone said Friday night, have you heard Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Die? It was the absolute shock of it, because when you take cancer several times, but she's out, she's OK, she's. And you think she's just going to keep fighting. And sure. if she has the physical ability, she's going to hang on. And the mental acuity, she's yeah. going to hang on until the elections, because she, yeah, that, that's obviously a reason that, that would have factored into her not retiring earlier. And here it is. We're going to the holiest day uh, of, of the holiest season on the biblical calendar, the 10 days from the sounding of the trumpets, which becomes the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, to Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, that 10-day period. The trumpets already blasted and sounded in Israel. She dies right before we're entering into it where I am. And you think you, you don't script it like this. It's, it's almost too unbelievable. And who knows what's coming now? Now you have the, the likely Supreme Court pick. Uh, Republicans likely to vote on it before the elections. And then I, I polled people and said, do you think that on November 4th, we're going to have clarity as to who the winner is? People aren't even sure about that or will either side accept who the winner is. So we've never been in a situation like this. No, that's so well said. I mean, that chronology makes you cringe just to hear that again, Michael. So in the midst of all that, there, you know, people are just vitriolic towards each other. There is such angst. And dare I say, there's a lot of hatred out there between people. So in your piece, you talk about something that, you know, over the years, Christians have talked about, but if not now, when, which is the idea of a national or a worldwide revival, because we need this so bad to come back to God. Yeah, look, it, it is realistically the only hope. I felt like that for, for decades. You could read books coming out in the late 80s, you know, my first revival book, saying it's the only hope of America. But, but a nation does not just decline or collapse overnight. It, it could be over a period of 100 years or 150 years. So things are more urgent now. I look at it like this. We had a massive shift from the 60s where the radical elements of the 60s became the norm in our society. Where, where things that were extreme in the 60s became the norm. I mean, just think of, of someone that was a, a, a terrorist, weatherman underground, like Bill Ayers, becomes mm-hmm. a college professor and a mentor of Barack Obama. Right. A massive cultural shift as a result of the, the, the sexual revolution, the counterculture revolution of the 60s. Now I see us right at the precipice of another massive shift with the rise of, of socialism and mobocracy and the cancel culture and the turning on biblical values. And I feel like now we're, we're really at that, the precipice of a cliff where we fall over unless there's an awakening, and that has to start in the church. That, that's why in my book, Evangelicals at the Crossroads, I think we talked about in the previous interview, 
uh, will we pass the Trump test? I end up not telling you how to vote, but saying this is how we have to live. And we have to lead the way in repentance, and we have to put the cross before the flag and spiritual activity before political activity. So while all those things have their place, they're secondary to what only the gospel can do. And, and I, I plan to vote for Donald Trump based on his track record versus the Democrat platform, as much as I don't like aspects of his personality, when I look at the platforms and his track record, that's an easy vote for me. But at, at very best, four more years of Donald Trump is a wedge in the door to stop it from completely closing and the nation collapsing in certain ways. And that's, that's four more years of more liberty for us to go about doing what we're called to do, because that, that liberty is hanging by a thread. Dr. Michael Brown is with us, host of the daily nationally syndicated talk radio show, The Line of Fire, author of a whole lot of books, more than 40, over 1,500 op-ed pieces as well. His latest book is Evangelicals at the Crossroads. Um, so, Michael, what's the what's the road forward? You said that it has to start with the church, and I get that. Um, and I've read a lot of pieces of people saying it has to start with the church, but I, I don't see a whole lot of... Um, direct ideas, I guess, is how we're going to get there. Um, so how do you see it? So there's several things that, that we need to do. You know, this coming Saturday, there'll be major events in D.C., a prayer event led by Franklin Graham, a repentance event led by Jonathan Kahn and others. Uh, people, they're, they're more prayer movements. So whatever we can do to cultivate that, praying at our local church, corporate gatherings, why can't we gather weekly from now to the end of the year, to pray for God's mercy on America, devote time, and mm-hmm. in, in, if we're gathering on Sundays or in homes, make this a real thrust. Personal repentance, searching our own hearts, because remember, it's not a, a mechanism God's looking at, it's, it's people's lives. Searching our own hearts and engaging in repentance where we've left our first love, where we've left our, our devotion to the Lord. And then getting back to the basics, the basics of the Great Commission. Are we reaching out? Are we sharing our faith? Are we seeking to make a difference in our communities? And, and then how about loving each other? How about we start on that today? I have a chapter at Evangelicals at the Crossroads asking, have we failed the love test? And the answer is absolutely, mm-hmm. that, that we savage one another. I'm talking about believers in social media, the way we treat each other, the way we judge each other. And Jesus said, by this the world will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. That's something every one of us can do, change our conduct. And look, I, like you, had deep, deep, passionate, fundamental differences with the ideology of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, with some of her rulings, with where she stood on abortion and things like that, obviously. But when she died, I I just posted respectfully the momentous timing of this on the calendar and may God's kingdom be advanced and may God comfort her grieving family. I then, on our social media pages, which literally reached millions, I personally went and started deleting comments and bashing her and attacking her. Can we have civility just for a minute? Can we, oh can we do that? So I think that's a simple thing we can all do in addition to the prayer and the repentance and the outreach. Start walking in love towards each other. Change our behavior mm-hmm. because the world is watching that too. 
Amen to that. Boy, Michael, we need that more than ever. And, you know, we live in such a, a society where they're, you know, to the hubris that surrounds us. So, you know, our lack of humility, whether, uh, you know, with each other as believers or just the general society as a whole, we're, we're so proud as a people. Yeah, I don't that- understand why everyone is so sure they're right. Yeah, everybody's an expert and everybody's what? right. Yeah, and nobody has blind spots except the other people. It's, it's, not, it's not me, it's everybody else. And, and, and then something even scarier is the conspiracy theory. It's just Christians seem to be the most gullible mm-hmm. for the latest conspiracy theory. I was talking with a colleague today who's doing research on QAnon, about to publish a major book on it. He said, have you heard the latest? Mother Teresa was trafficking, uh, was engaged in sex trafficking, and Anthony Fauci is her son. Oh, oh my God! God. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, Good. right? I don't understand. I'm with you. Why can't we humble ourselves? And if if I could have started anywhere and restarted the interview and you say where we start, that's the best place to start. Humble mm. ourselves yeah. in the sight of God. Get on mm. our face and say we don't have the answer. We haven't fixed things with the church. We haven't fixed things with our great ideas. We've only made things worse. The same problems we point out in the world. They're happening in the church. That's why our moral authority is compromised. We humble ourselves, and we humble ourselves one towards another. I, I had a, a drive about 45 minutes to get to an appointment this morning. I spoke with a black brother. I'm 65. He's probably in his early 50s. Listens to my show regularly. Really reached out, wanted to communicate with me because he loves me and loves what I do, but feels that sometimes I miss perspective, having been raised in a certain environment and background. So we talked for 40 minutes back and forth with him giving me perspective and interacting with some of my articles. Now, this is as a a supporter and someone who believes in what I'm doing. But I said, man, these conversations help me so much because Mm -hmm. we all have blind spots and we need to have these conversations to better understand each other. With all the racial tension in America, can't the church lead the way and say, this is how you do it? Dr. Michael Brown is with us. His latest book is called Evangelicals at the Crossroads. Michael, um, you talk to a lot of people uh, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and you travel a lot. Um, I know things have changed for you as they've changed for all of us during COVID. But what about some encouraging moments or people or another scenario that might give us some hope here? Oh, things are, things are happening. No hype here. You know that I, I shoot straight. Things are happening. There is a fresh stirring. One of my friends, Shane Eidelman, pastor in California, because of the honorist restrictions that were put on them and meeting, and he sent me a whole thing from the Department of Health and Safety, whatever, and the sanitizing, what has to go on, and someone used the bathroom, you have to close it, sanitize it. He said, we can't do anything if we comply with this. Someone said to him, hey, there's a stadium you can use for free, uh, a baseball stadium which seats 4,000 people. Well, maybe he has 500 in his congregation, with all the field, it seats thousands more. So they started holding Saturday night services, Sunday services, doing outreaches. Uh, mm. A couple of weeks ago, he says, check this out. He sends me a video. He said, we were planning on doing one baptism. We did 29 spontaneous wow. baptisms. Wow. People just coming forward and wanting to get right with God, wanting to get baptized. I had a woman on the phone with me last week. She and her husband felt called from New York City to Orange County, California, felt that they were supposed to do something and make a difference, started doing outreaches, again, Kent Meeting Building, started doing outreaches on the beaches. They said, we're, we're seeing moves. We're seeing people getting saved, being baptized right there on the spot. 
another pastor in California, because California is one of the toughest, darkest areas. He's, he's felt he has to take a stand and can't comply. He, w- he actually was mayor of his community, was on the city council, stepped down because he was going to be defying the law. And he's now being a national voice and, and saying we have to honor God. But not only that, we have to impact this culture that we're criticizing. In other words, impact on the political and the social level hearing from people in other parts of America about prayer rising up, outreach rising up. I spoke to a gentleman who went to Ferguson, actually lived around there, moved there in the, in the midst of the riots after the, the killing of my namesake, Michael Brown. And he said that they actually had an outpouring on the streets. It was so powerful. He moved there to disciple people. They are going into areas, worse protest areas, riot areas, and seeing people who are hungry and thirsty. The news is not reporting on that. But in the midst of a lot of the most volatile areas, the gospel's being preached and things are happening. Wow, that's really good news. Dr. Brown, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your encouragement. Uh, what's your latest work and where can people find you? If they go to the website, askdrbrown.org, askdrbrown.org, the latest book, Evangelicals at the Crossroads, which they can get on the website or Amazon or anywhere else. Fabulous. Always a great pleasure. Thanks again. Let's go for that revival. Start, start saying our prayers and get the word out. We'll take That's a quick it. break. In just a few minutes, come back. we got lots more ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about this is how you will heal the wound. That's during the 530 hour of the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. I'm Kelsey Wiggins, a teacher in Gilmore City Bridegate School District in Iowa. Thanks to a science, technology, engineering, and math grant sponsored by Bear Fund, we renovated an old locker room into a monarch butterfly incubator, providing students with access to innovative technology that engages and inspires them. 
I encourage farmers to nominate a school district to apply for a $15,000 Grow Rural Education Grant by visiting americasfarmers.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary online each Wednesday in October at 7.30 p.m. for the combined McClure Lectures and World Mission Initiatives Month of Mission series titled Jesus Christ and the Dividing Wall, Race and God's Mission. You'll hear keynotes from the Rev. Dr. Brenda Salter-McNeil, the Rev. Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove, and Dr. David Kant. The event is free to all who register. Learn more at pts.edu. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. We'll have clear skies for tonight with a low of 49. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow and pleasant. Tomorrow's high, 76. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies with a low of 54. Thursday, clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll see a high Thursday of 76. Friday will be nice with clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Friday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Well, my mantra for the last six months has been COVID ruins everything. And I think I'm right about that. I think so. In some way. It's kind of hard to, you know, no, that's not true. No, it really does ruin everything. Well, COVID is on the verge of also ruining Halloween. Uh, So let me tell you this article I read this morning uh, on CNN's website. And um, it talks about the fact that the CDC has just released its first guidance for the holidays, including Halloween, um, on its website just last evening. Door-to-door trick-or-treating and costume masks and parties are discouraged this year Mm. due to the pandemic. Discouraged? So Governor Wolf will chime in on that one. Right. Many traditional, this is a quote, many traditional Halloween activities can be high risk for spreading viruses. The agency said in its posting, there are several safer alternative ways to participate in Halloween. Okay. <laughs> I don't really think I really want to hear those. I would like to tell you. They're they like killjoy. It's no, no fun. No, I, would, I would like to tell you All right. the low what risk activities that will make yeah, your Halloween sing. Uh-huh. Number one, carve pumpkins. That's Number it. Number two, decorate your home. Number three, outdoor scavenger hunt. And my very favorite, number four, virtual costume contest. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm sure that there are people who kind of, you know, especially, you know, in the Christian community, people who are not Halloween, they're not trick-or-treaters. Fine. Fine. But for us, talk. like we've talked about this many times, it's the most community-minded evening yes. of the whole, whole year. And it happens outside. Right. You're knocking on your neighbor's door. You're, yes. you, oh, look at that cute little kid. Everybody right. oozing Oz. We are on the verge of a very long winter, mm. okay, with a pandemic, and we are going to be inside forever. Are you telling me that the best thing for our kids and families is to stay inside on Halloween? Oh, I, I do not so. buy that. Go no. outside. I'm not, listen, I'm not saying go to a Halloween party in somebody's house. I'm saying go outside. Right. Okay, so Mike, you've got a little boy. Is he going to go out for Halloween this year? Have you talked about this? Yes, yes. We are going out. Good. This is America. We have the liberty and freedom to go out and do Halloween. You're new to the neighborhood. You're going to meet your neighbors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're going to be outside, right? Yes, yes. And I I can't break tradition that, you know, this is, you know, my dad uh, did uh, did this for us when we were trick-or-treating, and now I'm going to do it with, uh, with Jonathan, and I'm really excited. So he would... 
quote-unquote inspect the the candy bag. Um, mm. That's every dad's prerogative, sure. my man. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he took out all of the Reese's, Snickers, mm. and all Milky Ways and ate them just himself. one or two? <laughs> no. All of them? All of them. That's a bit much. It's a little over the top there, Mr. Duffy. do it. Holy smoke. My dad would take like a couple, you know, and then me, yeah. I would take one or two. Of course, how about the popcorn ball? Uh, you I can hate, see the popcorn ball. I hate no, that's the gross. popcorn that's... ball is a total disappointment in every way. You would it, see the popcorn yeah. ball as like a COVID spreader, would you not? Absolutely. The popcorn ball is a joy killer. The, the worst is when you go to a house and they hand you uh, a pamphlet and pencils. That is, is that? you're right. That's one step worse than the popcorn ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I do you think like people will come to your door and you're going to hand them one candy? Well, I don't know. How's I that think work? Ma- I think maybe the safer thing to do would be if you were sitting out. Like I think maybe we'll sit out on our porch. Yeah. And we'll have a basket of stuff. No, we'll, then they got to put their hand in there. Okay, so we'll have baggy. I don't know. I'll come up with something so that we don't all have to have our hands in the same thing. Oh, that's a problem. I'll come could, up with something. Why don't you like lay them on the steps? Yeah, what about if you lay them on the steps in little <laughs> right? baggies? Okay, take that one. Yeah, that's your. I think that would be fine. Poor kids. Now, everyone's house is like different directions. They're going to be all traumatized. What? Well, they won't be as traumatized as if they're doing one-way trick-or-treating, which is, according to the CDC, exchanging goodie bags placed at the end of a driveway. Get out of here. How yeah, much well, fun is the end of a driveway? I mean, the agency is also discouraging the use of costume masks this year, saying that they are not a substitute for cloth masks. It's also warning against wearing a costume mask over a protective cloth, pointing out it's dangerous because it might make it hard to breathe. Oh. <laughs> I mean, doesn't your heart break when you see little kids in masks? Oh, doesn't it? it? it is. Of course. I, it I is. go, oh, look at those little babies. They're wearing masks. I mean, it's, oh my gosh. Right. Look, I, all we all hate masks, but we should all wear masks. Yes. Every, whenever you go mm-hmm. out, whenever you're in a place, somebody's house, in a place of business, you should have a mask on. However, please go out and celebrate a holiday that we can still have outside. Let's hope so. Well, we got a month to complain about this. So okay, let's good. keep it going, guys. Woo! Okay. Take a break. Come back. When we come back, we're going to talk about this is how you will heal the wound. We need to hear this. Stay tuned next for that. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. We live in a society that is hurting. And we've got to bind the wounds up with salve and not with salt. They need the love of Jesus Christ. The world is looking for some answers. We need a Christian worldview that's backed up by a Christian lifestyle. Don't miss Adrian Rogers' series, Christian Worldview, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. And even a brief history of late payments can lead to a big drop in your credit score. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. We'll work with your creditors, put a stop to late fees and other penalties, and make a plan that helps you get caught up. We'll also consolidate your bills into one easy-to-manage monthly payment and negotiate much lower interest rates. Not only will you find immediate relief, you'll save thousands. And don't worry, it's not a loan. It's a smart way to get back on track. 
All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call and we'll take care of the rest. Right now, no one really knows what the future will bring, but one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Hey, I'm Andy. I'm still not famous, but you might remember that I started Harry's because I was tired of overpaying for razors. It always felt like big brands were taking advantage of us. Every time they improved something back then, prices seemed to go up. At Harry's, we take a different approach. Today, I'm proud to introduce our sharpest blades ever, available at the same price as before, as low as $2 each. They're a new, sharper version of our German-engineered blades. Guys who shave four days a week have told us that with our new blades, their eighth shave is as smooth as their first. And we stand by that with a 100% money-back quality guarantee at harrys.com. Millions have already made the switch to Harry's, and we hope you will too with this special offer. Get a Harry's starter set featuring our new, sharper blade, a weighted razor handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just 3 bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote. I think it's fair to say that everyone probably around the globe in one form or another has been injured by the pandemic whether you know you've taken on the sickness yourself or loved one or knew someone or you've lost your job or how many different thousand ways that this covid thing is cutting into us and it's going to go on that's why we were so happy to see an essay that Tony Woodleaf wrote called This Is How You Will Heal the Wound. Tony Woodleaf uh, has appeared, his work in magazines like Image and Rubinate, St. Catherine Review, Dappled Things. His essays about parenthood and faith have appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Comment, the London Times. Tony Woodleaf runs a website for fathers called Intentional Fathering. And of course, we found him on Twitter. Tony, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Yeah, Tony, you've written such a valuable piece. I'm just, I'm really overwhelmed by it. I love it. I've read it three times. I think I want to post it on like the outside of my house so everybody can read it like the old fashioned way. I mean, I just, I don't, it's so good. And I, John and I were just talking in the commercial break. We're not sure how to most effectively share it with the listening audience, but I guess the first way to do it is to start with what was in your head. Um, it seems like we've had this through line on our show today, and this wasn't really intentional, but we've just been talking about the division in America in, in three or four different senses. And this also is what you were aware of at the time when you decided to write this? Uh, yes. Um, I, it, it just kind of came upon me. Um, you know, I've been reading a lot about um, the Russian Revolution for the past mm-hmm. couple of years and, and writing some about that. Um, and what compelled me about that was just you had this country that it, it was really characterized by a deep Christian faith, and it had, it had fallen so low. It had become this locus of oppression and suffering, 
And, you know, reading about the Russian Revolution, you can't help but read Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was in the middle of that, thrown in a prison camp. And he wrote his famous book, The Gulag Archipelago. And he wrote about it beginning an investigation to understand how did my country come to this? And in the course of that investigation, he realized that he had to begin with his own life and consider all the ways he had contributed to his country's destruction. And, and what he wrote years later was, we, all of us, Russia herself, were the necessary accomplices. And that has just stuck mm. with me as I see what our own country is going through with riots and just hatred. You know, the, the political season is filled with it. The streets are filled with it. And, and everybody has a, a brief they can give you about uh, whose fault it is. And I was just convicted that um, we're not going to get better, any of us, as a country or as individuals, as long as we're pointing our fingers outward and not looking in the mirror uh, to ask, how am I an accomplice in in some small way? So, Tony, in your piece, This Is How You Will Heal the Wound, you have 13 insights. And, of course, we don't have in the, in the limited time we have with you to go through all 13. But the first one I need to read because it stopped me in the tra- mm. my, my tracks in its power and its simplicity. You say this, halt in your throat those words you want to speak right now, words about who is at fault. Those words in your throat are a filthy luxury in this land gone poor and needy. Those words spring from a dark corner of your heart, but they can be a kind of medicine if only you'll swallow them down. Tony, we need that more than anything, if we would swallow our dark words into the abyss. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, I I have... I have seven children, um, six of them living. Um, the six who are living are all boys. And so boys will get in fights, as you um, probably understand, as all your <laughs> listeners understand. And, um, and always, you know, the, the, the child has a reason why he swung his fist, why he took revenge. And I found more and more as a father, rather than playing the role of the judge to figure out who's at fault, I uh, realized, well, the home is not a courtroom, right? And that, that, doesn't matter who swung first. We have to ask, how in our relationship did we get to this place? And I just wish that as a country, we could do that, that the people who want to be our leaders could lead that way. I'm going to fast forward to number six, because that was one of my favorites, and I'll read it. That neighbor or colleague or kin who votes the wrong way, tell yourself a story about why. Your story must be free of malice and ignorance. This world is already filled to the brim with cruelty and tragedy. Your story must be a kind one. In it, this person is neither evil nor dumb. This person wants children to grow up healthy and wise. This person wants people to have good work. This person loves his mama. Can you not imagine this about him? Ponder what this means about you. Tony, you want to comment? Well, in one sense, that was my Elmore Leonard moment, because I remember he wrote um, about writers that uh, when you're writing a bad guy, remember that he loves his mama, Mm. meaning even the worst person you can imagine still has something in him that's good. And then, of course, I think of Alexander Solzhenitsyn saying that the line dividing good from evil runs through every human heart. And, And I find that, you know, if you read any political article, you read anything on Twitter, you read the comments, there's this instinct we have to assume that if someone does not agree with us, 
doesn't vote the way we vote. They're either stupid or evil and probably both. Hmm. And that's not true. And as long as we think that way, there's something in our own hearts that has to change before we convince anyone of anything. Yes. And I'll follow up on Cass because you say this, memorize this as a psalm. I am owed nothing. I owe everything. I too shall pass. That, um, that was a, a long bit of introspection about myself. Um, a lot of these things that I write, um, I worry sometimes they come across like I think I have some sort of uh, spiritual wisdom everybody needs to uh, imbibe. And the truth is, um, I'm usually writing as a rebuke to myself. And um, that's what came to me after a lot of prayer was uh, it beyond the bitterness I've had in my life that I have right now. And the things that I think I should have for all my hard work, um, I just have to be reminded I don't deserve anything. Well, actually, what I deserve right, is, is condemnation. I, I deserve damnation. I, don't, I haven't earned anything, um, and I'm owed nothing. And I don't have a lot of time left. None of us does. And I find that um, I have to keep that in mind. Like St. Siloan, uh, one of these uh, desert ascetics, he wrote many, many years ago, um, keep your mind in hell and despair not. Meaning, um, you know, really remember that your salvation comes from heaven, comes from Christ, but remember what waits if you don't lay mm-hmm. hold of that salvation. And, and I try to re- you know, remember that myself every day. Tony Woodleaf is with us. He lives and writes in North Carolina. He can occasionally, he says, be found on Twitter, which is where we found him talking about a piece that he wrote, which I'll post on our Facebook page and also put it out on Twitter. Um, this is number 10. Be wronged and keep silent. Once a day is a good start. 300 million fewer complaints a day would make a real dent in American rage. Twitter might even implode. This would be a good thing. And the follow-up, let's let, which is awesome, let someone be wrong and keep quiet about that too. Whoops, now we've deflated Facebook. Look how we're healing the world. One closed mouth at a time. And you call me in my hypocrisy because I have a Facebook page and a Twitter account. Uh, so I'm, um, you know, but don't do as I uh, do. Do as I say, I guess. <laughs> That's good. Oh, gosh. That's hard. You know, I had a situation um, in a workplace several years ago where I was wronged and I decided that I wasn't going to say anything about it. And um, it, it's not my current workplace. If you're wondering if, you know, new Mike said something about me. No, it wasn't hey. anybody. <laughs> it was John. No, it wasn't. But I didn't say anything about it. Oh, my gosh. That was so hard. Yes. Um, it is my. I think there's a there's a spiritual discipline in that. I, I had very good advice once when I was dealing with a lot of rage and I wanted vengeance. And my spiritual advisor, um, my I'm, I'm Eastern Orthodox, my priest, um, he said, you know what? Um, if, even if this person is wrong about you, just put in your mind all the things you got away with that nobody caught you doing, mm. and just be wronged. And I thought, oh man, yeah. If I'm if I'm going to start keeping accounts, I'm way behind. I have to face yeah. that. Uh, those scales don't even out too well, do they, Tony? <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, no. Okay, so let's fast forward then to the final one because this is the key to it all for me. You say this at number thirteen. This last one is going to be hard, but look how far you've come. Think of someone you hate, 
Don't tell yourself some other word applies. The person who came to mind is a person you hate. Now, imagine that a chain shackles him to you. Imagine that you stand together before the gates of heaven, and you can't go in without him. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Now, plead the case of this person you hate. Beg him into heaven. Save him if you would be saved. There is no other way. That's genius, Tony. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm listening to you read it, and I'm thinking, I don't want to write anything else unless you promise to read it on the air. Because <laughs> you make it sound so much nicer than I think it looks on the page. Um, very kind. I, uh, I, you know, Christ asks so few things of us, and these are the things that undo me, at least. He says, in a nutshell, stop drinking all the poisons that are searing your conscience. Right? Just stop sinning. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, forgive as you would be forgiven. And I don't see any wiggle room there. I don't see a way into heaven if I show up at the gates with my um, grievances in my arms. And I don't see a way out of that. So that's probably the hardest thing. And what I tell my children when they're nursing anger, as we all do, is what a shame it would be if what keeps you out of heaven is um, this wrong that someone has done to you. And, and when you wrong someone else, you then put them in a the position that they have to forgive you in order to ascend themselves. They have to forgive. And this is why we try not to sin against our brother, because we put this burden on him of forgiveness. And, and when you think about it that way, you see how we're all tied up, right? There are no individual actions and consequences. My actions affect the world. And, and I'm, I try to be mindful of that. It's very good. I have to tell you, Tony, that um, I was doing an internet search for this article earlier, um, and I couldn't find it. What I found instead was uh, someone else's website, and I just want to give you the title of their piece. It says, 10 Ways You Can Heal the World Without Changing Your Life. Hmm. And oh, I thought, <laughs> and, Right. And I thought, now, that, see, that's, that's, what Tony. We, that's what we all want, though. No, that's right. Everybody wants reform as long as it doesn't mean he has to change anything. Right, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, this article is much more pain is much less painful than the one you wrote. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes, yeah, I just I, I don't see what what use our plans to save the world are if we can't love our neighbors as ourselves. No, no. And that's so what Tony, I would ask if, if you know if I'm ever moderating a presidential debate, that'll be my question: Do you love your neighbors yourself? Because if not, none of your plans are going to make a difference. That's fabulous. Well, Tony, uh, seriously, uh, for myself and for Kath, as we read your piece, you, you truly, you made our day. Yeah. We really appreciate this wisdom here, well, and uh, we're going to make sure it moves yeah. forward so other people can uh, take it as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate um, your enthusiasm. It, it gives some meaning to, to my work. Amen. Well, it's a really great pleasure to have you with us. Tony Woodleaf, this is how you will heal the wound. Look for Tony online. You can easily find him on Twitter, Tony Woodleaf, W-O-O-D-L-I-E-F. I consider not only my team members, but my patients, my family, and I miss them for quite a few months. Stock Family Dentistry would like to say... 
Welcome back. One of the biggest blessings I have received is to be able to use my talents and my passion to serve my community through our dental office. And I'm proud to say that we're doing it in a very safe way. We're finally back up to full speed. It's nice to be back with family. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and you're building this bike. And I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams. Just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. This year, teachers are learning new ways to teach. Parents are learning to lesson plan. And young minds are learning a new definition of classroom. This year, we're all students learning what it takes to make this work. At Verizon, we're enabling education wherever or however students need this year. With credentialed teacher training, free lesson plans for parents, and tech-enabled solutions for schools nationwide. It's Citizen Verizon in action. Our plan for economic, environmental, and social advancement. SSI recipients, if you have children under 17, you must act by September 30th to get the $500 economic impact payment per child this year. Enter your child's information in the non-filer tool at irs.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. You know when uh, you know, you're watching commercials and you see the... Uh, the, the chocolate manufacturer, Lint, L-I-N-D-T. Right. right. You, you know, they're always pouring that creamy chocolate. And you think, looks pretty darn good. Well, I saw this, that those, those people from the Lint Candy Company are opening a new, get this, chocolate museum in Switzerland. <laughs> and it includes mm-hmm. a huge chocolate fountain. I mean, I've seen a lot of chocolate fountains. Is that, not that like big this. Of a deal? Listen to this. Okay. The massive new museum features a 16,000 square foot exhibit on the history of chocolate, a tasting room, an open view production line, classes on chocolate making, and the world's largest lint chocolate shop. The Pièce de Résistance is a 30-foot fountain what spewing real melted chocolate onto a huge lindor no ruffle no no 30 no, no. feet no, high. no 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 that's too much fountain that's a volcano much, no. of chocolate no 30 feet high i think that might be gross i don't oh, no. know i think that's super cool oh. i mean i just want to stand down there with a cup drink that up that's how that's how mike duffy's been living since covid started what are you kidding me (laughs) that's right with that giant zit on his forehead now now. 
I mean, good grief. This is Holy what he does smokes. when he wakes up at 3 in the morning. Jeez, oh, man. Well, see, Mike, you're ahead of your time. That's right. Right? The 30-foot chocolate fountain from the good folks at He's Lint. doing the lowbrow thing, though. He's doing, like, the Hershey syrup. It's not quite the lint chocolate right. fountain. Right into his mouth. Purpose. Where's this museum? It's in Switzerland. Oh, see, that also makes it a little nicer. Mm, of course it does, yeah. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, Kath, you're going to post the uh, the Tony Woodleaf piece on our Facebook page. Very nice. Indeed. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.